Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. The voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is, is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are, the, are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's bow and pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that we have your word printed on our hearts. And we ask you, Lord, help us to every single day to meditate on your word and receive from your word. Lord, thank you for being here present with us. Thank you for the presence of your, your, presence of your Holy Spirit. Move the Holy Spirit in this place today. Transforms us. Lord, we want to go home different. We want to leave all our burdens here. We want to follow and receive your wise counseling. Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. We want to hear a prophetic word of you, Father, that we can bring home and face this coming week, Lord. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I wanted to share a story that happened before I became a follower of Christ. And this story happened on the island of Curacao in the Caribbean. So I was raised and grew up there. And uh, then I came here to the States to study, and I stay here. So I never went back home, only with vacation. So this is home for me. And you are my family here in the States, okay? So, during, during this time, I had everything. I had a good job. 
I had a car, I had money, I was partying, drinking, whiskey, beer, wine, you mention it. Buying expensive clothes, you know, Polo Ralph, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, and doing whatever I wanted with my life. However, I didn't feel like I was valued. I wanted to belong. And I didn't have my own identity walking in this life. For that reason, I started following the famous pop singer, Michael Jackson. He became my idol. And I bought all his records and tried to dance like him. It was an afternoon. I was driving home after a hard work day and contemplated my life. Somehow that day, I felt a vacuum from within. I asked myself, is this the life I have to live? I raised my eyes and saw the sky for a few seconds. Then I stopped the car, pulled over to take the time to observe the sky. The sky was blue. I saw the white clouds and the sun's brightness. And I said, this is beautiful. I love it. And right away, the, the question popped up in my mind. Who made all this? Where did that beautiful sky come from? As I drove off, I didn't have an answer. But in my heart, the question remained, who made the sky? How can it be there so vast and impressive? From where came the beautiful sky? I didn't have the answer for a long time. It turns out I was not the only one contemplating the sky. A German philosopher said, two things fill the mind with ever new and increasing wonder and awe. The more often and the more seriously reflection concentrates upon them. The starry heaven above me and the moral law within me. The psalm, as you see, is divided in three parts. Part 1, verses 1 to 6, and it emphasizes God's revelation in His Word. In His entire world. Sorry for my accent. So, God's revelation, God's revelation in His world. Part 2 is the revelation of God in His Word. Verses 7 to 11. And part three is the revelation of God in the human heart, verses 12 to 13, 14. Someone put it like this. Psalm 19 sounds like a threefold invitation. Look up, look to the skies, 
Look down, look to the scriptures, and look, and look in, look to yourself. Let's look at part one. God reveals himself in his world, look up in the skies, verses one to six. Revelation is God deliberate showing of himself to all men, the actual knowledge of himself and his purposes and actions on man's behalf, on our behalf. In other words, it is where God discloses himself. It's like going to the, a play in the theater here in Chicago. Sitting there with, with the curtain closed, without for the, waiting for the performance, then watching the curtain open to reveal what is behind the scenes. Everything we see in the heaven, the sun, the moon, the bird, and the stars is created by God and gives glory to God every day, night and day. And the entire world can understand and see that because we are not blind. People in the States saw it. People in Curacao, China, Mexico, I'm pretty sure, Alex, you, you saw that in Mexico. In Africa and, and Canada, through all seven continents. Even a guy in England named Mike Jones, a songwriter of the band Foreigners, who wrote the song, I Want to Know What Love Is, in the 80s. Do you guys remember that song? How many of us remember that song? Oh my goodness. And there is a phrase in the song, the song goes like this. I've got to take a little time. A little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. This mountain I was climbed feels like a world upon my shoulders. And this is the phrase. Through the clouds I see love shine. Keeps me warm as life grows colder. So this man saw love in the sky. He was looking for a fulfillment. He was looking for something. He wanted to change in his life. And he saw Jesus without knowing. So we are aware of. No one in this world ever can say they don't know. Because it's right in front, around and above us all over the world. For all the inhabitants to see. Verse 3 tells us God speaks a speechless sound through the heavens everywhere in the world for everybody to see his royal majesty and divine power. You know, I was attending Moody Church for a while, and in Moody Church, I always saw signed language translation. I, I don't know so much. Somebody can help me here? No? Okay, okay. But you know what I'm saying. So sign language translation. So with their hands and no voice, they made it clear to the deaf the message that was being preached. So they can understand it. So the message go around the world showing without telling the love of God. It is enough looking at the heaven and receiving the news about the beauty of the sky. Have you taken time 
and observed the sky lately? Have you enjoyed the sky ever? I remember when I was a kid, when the lights goes off, it's dark. We used to go outside and just sleep and look at the heaven and try to, you know, count the stars. And it was so difficult because you, you would never finish, you know. So have you, have you take time and observe the sky, observe the beauty? That's how the sky got my attention in Curacao. Verse 4 said, the Lord made a home in the heaven for the sun. The sky would not be the sky without the sun. Do you agree with me on that? God is the great architect ever. In verse 5, we see the purpose of the sun. Because everything God created is for a purpose. Verses 4 to 6 tells us God made the sun and put it into heaven. Listen to that. God made the sun. He made it. I don't know how he made it. But he made it. And I believe that. We see the sun come out daily like a strong man. The sun is powerful. Chasing away the... Where is the darkness right now? Can somebody tell me? He chased the darkness away. The sun is powerful. The sun is bossy. This sounds like Jesus came from heaven to the earth, shining the light and showing us the way to the Father, directing our path to the Father. Jesus, the bridegroom, comes out of his chamber, come out of his glory, claims the bride, his church, with joy, ready to give his life for the church. Jesus took up his cross and was obedient to death. Even death on the cross. He was put into the tomb. But after three days, he was risen from the dead by the power of God. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of his father. He came the justice and righteousness to the oppressed and the needy. Have you heard the news this week? What happened? What happened, sister? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I am pretty sure that Rafe is jumping right now. That's God's justice. He said, no, it's the Republican, the conservatives. No, no, no. It's God. That's the justice. And he would make justice like the noonday sun, according to Psalm 37. Church, look up. <laughs> look to the skies. Nature is like an open book for all people of the world to see. A man from Sierra Leone, Africa, wrote a proverb uh, that says, You wear your hat, but you keep searching for it. 
We do not need to search far for evidence about the existence of God. It is right in front of us, around us, above us. Part two, God reveals himself in scriptures. Look down, look to the scriptures, verses seven to 11. So the Hebrew term for the law of the Lord is Torah. Can you say that with me? Torah. Torah. Which also mean instruction, direction, and teachings of the Lord. The law of the Lord is our manual. We cannot live without it. He gave us direction, teaches us, rebuked us, and formed us. So the law is, is, the, is revealed, is the revealed will of God as to human conduct binding on all men to the end of time. What the law does, according to these verses, and to us, to the human being, not to any animals, but to us, into our heart. Reviving the soul, a reborn, a renewal of the soul. Verse 7, verse 7a, it makes the wise simple. Scriptures, church, gives us wisdom how to receive salvations in Christ Jesus. Right? It's simple. Verse 8, the principle of the Lord making the heart rejoice. Man, I'm telling you. Romans 8.1, there is no more condemnation for those who are in the Lord. Amen. I remember before I got baptized, you know, the enemy played on my mind telling me some things that I stole in the past. Because I did. I, I, I stole. Stole some windows and, uh, you know, to, to build my house. And he, he brought that to my, to, to my mind before Baptizing, and I run to my, to, my, to my elder that time in church. Hey, he said, hey, this is going on. The enemy is playing around with me here. And he told me, read Romans 8, 1. Man, I, I felt such a relief. Oh, my goodness. It was such a joy. Our sins have been forgiven. And as we, as we sang this morning, it is well with my soul. My sin on the blast of, of this, this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. It brings joy. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. Verse 8a, the Lord's instructions are pure to make us holy as God is holy, if... We take it to the heart. God tells us to be holy like he is holy. The world is, has a lot of impure. And we came from that world and, and, and uh, God purifies us. Amen. Let's, let's maintain that holiness for the Lord. It enlightened the eyes. The word of God brings, brings us to light. Give us understanding of, of, of sin. 
and our faults in this world. The word of the Lord becomes the lamp to our feet. Verse 9. What God say, let, let me read it for a moment here. Um, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The word of the Lord is fair. God is not unjust. God is not unrighteous. He just knows what he's doing. He's wise. And he's wiser than us. And sometimes we think because we are going through trials and hardship, we might think that God is unfair asking, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen with me? But the Lord is fair because he shows us both of the, the, the sides of, the, of a coin. He tells us the about the consequences of our sins. And uh, he always makes a way out. He always helps us out. Satan, on the other hand, will show you only one side of the coin. That's unfair. That's unjust. That's unrighteous. And he came to kill, rob, and destroy. And God came, Jesus came to give life. An everlasting life. Man, it was when I became a believer, start going to church, reading the Bible, I got the answer that God created all things that I see. It was a moment of gladness. The Word transformed me. I had such a joy. I was complete. The, 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 the void I had within was fulfilled, not by alcohol, not by partying, not by the woman, but by God. And I was complete. I received my identification in Christ. I know that I belong. I'm value. I didn't need to follow Michael Jackson anymore. Oh my goodness. Not more MJ, but Jesus Christ. That's whom I'm following every day of my life. I don't need an idol. I dropped that idol from my life. To follow Master Jesus. Talking about the Bible, the Word of God, the Torah, a reporter from the Business Insider created a list of the most read books in the world based on the number of copies each book sold over the last 50 years. Woo! Can you give me a woo? Woo! There you go. Woo! The Bible won! With a whooping 3.9 billion copies sold over the last 50 years. But in the same time, there is a problem. Ed Stetzer shows three cultural trends affecting everything um, about, about our preaching. 
And I'm going to mention only two for us today. The first one, and I want you to pay attention to this, the first one is a decrease in biblical literacy in the U.S. And the second one is church attendance. Let me start with the first one. Barna, in 2019, I, I didn't want to go farther because it makes me nervous. I stopped there at 2019, that 48% of American adults are Bible disengaged. Yet while a dis discouraging 5% of Americans are profiled as Bible-centered, Interacting with the Bible in a way that leads to a life transformation. Only 5%. The remaining middle don't wholesale reject the Bible. 28% are Bible friendly or at least Bible neutral. A survey in 2016 showed a similar picture. While only 22% of Americans have read the whole Bible or most um, or all of it, 10% of Americans have read none. And 13% have read just a few sentences. The study found in that 37% of Americans see the Bible as helpful, 35 as life-changing, and 36 as true. Less exposure doesn't automatically lean no, so, so negative. A much smaller percentage, 14%, see the Bible as outdated. 7% say it's harmful. And 8% call it begotten or biased. Scott McCollum um, of LifeWay Research observes, and he said, Americans treat reading the Bible a little bit like exercise. They know it's important and helpful, but they don't do it. Oh, my goodness. So maybe, Darren and Rafe, we preachers are a little bit like personal training, helping a new gym client to get comfortable, or a guide offering discoverable pieces one step at a time. I believe that as preacher, we must show that the Bible is both true and that it impacts life. Man, oh my goodness. Let me, let me go quick to the second trend because we, we have to finish, right? Uh, Darren, how much time do I have? I'm good? Okay, okay. Okay, what's happened here? Okay. Uh, wait a moment, let me. Um, um, I like to use my computer because my eyes are not 100. Let me see, what's going on with my computer? Okay. Um, can someone help me here? Let me see. I think I got it. Let me see. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. The second trend, the second trend is inconsistent church attendance. 
You guys know, know, know about that, right? Especially during the pandemic. Yeah. In 2019, LifeWay Research reported six in 10 um, Protestant churches are plateaued or declining in attendance, and more than half saw fewer than 10 people become new Christian in the past 12 months. We should focus on preaching, reaching, reaching people, and teaching practical ways believers can show and share the love of Jesus. And there is more to the story. Even committed churchgoers are attending church less frequently, with many moving from weekly attendance to monthly. After years of putting up with lame excuses for skipping church only to realize his responses made no difference. Listen to what Pastor Eugene Peterson said. I don't respond anymore. I listened with a straight face and go home and pray that that person will one day find the one sufficient reason for going to church, which is God. Man, that's, that's hard for pastors, I'm telling you. I, I also decided not to ask people, and hey, why didn't you come to church? What happened? I just pray for them because it doesn't work. I, I can't transform that their lives, and, and if the word, and if God can't, I, I, I can't either. So I, I save some energy there. But how is it possible that people don't like to go to church and be in a community and be in fellowship with one another? It seems like the word of God is bringing people farther from God. Church, there is three, thing, three basic things that we need in this life. The Holy Spirit, the Bible, and the good fellowship community, the church. We need those three things. Another African proverb says, do not look for another key when you have the master key. God's word is the ultimate key to truth, offered wisdom and joy and confronts our sins. When we see how great and holy our God is, we realize we must repent and live to please God. Listen to what God says to, 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 to his truth. Do not look to find the ultimate answer with other keys. Set aside time to appreciate God's beautiful creation and read the Bible. Read scriptures. God reveals himself in his world and he revealed himself in his word. Now, most of us that is that it is uh, most of us know that it is God, but we don't trust Him because we want to be independent and and work hard to achieve things without the help of anyone, even God. 
I want to make it on my own to feel good about myself. Look how much I, 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 I achieve. To show people how great we are. Another group of people who worship the creation. Uh, are you guys familiar with the uh, religious group Nature Worship? So various religious, spiritual, and devotional practices focus on the worship of the nature. Some of us have a hard time following the instruction of God. We have our own agenda, our own belief, our own ways of doing things. Even though we know the word of God is faithful, good for our soul, perfect, reviving the heart, enlightening the eyes, we don't take it. Some others are disobedient and prideful, thinking we have it under control, pastor. You don't have to tell me anything. Don't tell me what to do. Can I remind you that God is bigger, mighter, wiser than us? Christ is everything and holds everything we see in the heavens together. Now, how should we react after receiving the revelation of God in His Word and Scripture? Verse 10 and 11 says, More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter than honey. And drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. And keeping them, there is a great reward. Could you say, could I say that our desire for scripture is higher than our wealth? Than everything we have? Could we say that? Could we be honest with ourselves this morning and ask ourselves that question? What is the gold? What are the golds in this world that you want more than Scripture? Is it the passion for, for sex, money, and partying? Maybe it is your career, college, or friends. Sweeter also than honey. Is your desire for food higher than your desire to Scripture? Maybe your attention is more on ice cream, steak, instead of reading the Bible. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. It warns us, the word of the scriptures warns us that God exists and that he is the creator of everything. It warns us not to worship other gods, but worship Jesus through whom everything was created. It warns us. From our sins, immorality, adultery, rejecting God. I remember when I, when I read that Jesus died of, of, for my sins. I cried. I said, how come Jesus died for my sins 2,000 years ago and I'm still living in sin? And I repent. And I, I'm repenting every day. I want to encourage us to continue disciplining ourselves to look in, look to the scriptures, put them into practice till Jesus returns. 
because he's coming soon. And keeping them, there is great reward. Keeping the law is more beneficial than keeping the worldly things. The things of the world, the desire of the world will pass away. But whoever keeps the law and follows the instruction will live forever. We will be forever with Christ Jesus in glory. Let us look at David's reaction after observing the heavens and the scriptures. Part three. God reveals himself in his worshiper. Look in. Look into yourself, verses 12 to 14. David got a general revelation. He saw it all. He understood that God was revealing himself in the skies and in his word. And he believed and opened up his heart to God. Then he received a special revelation. God came and visited him. God came and speak to him. So when we, when we open ourselves for the general generation, gener, uh, revelation, God will show up because we believe. Believe is the key. If we believe, God will open up his heart, his heart with us. David was convinced that this is God. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocence from hidden fall. We cannot discern our own errors. It's the word of God who convinces us of that. Declare me innocent from hidden faults. God is the judge. He's the right judge. And if you know, if I know that we stand guilty before him, it's the time for us to repent and receive that forgiveness of God. Keep, keep back your servant also from presumption sin. Let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless. David here is, made doing, is, is praying unto God. Lord, don't let the, the, the impurity, the sins of this world has dominion over me. You have dominion over me, Lord. Isn't that a good prayer for us to do? But we have dominion from the bottom of our heart. Because God looks at the heart. He asked God for forgiveness even for the sins he didn't commit yet. <laughs> In advance, he asked for forgiveness. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. When God forgives us, as we repent. Maybe the world will, will still point their finger on you, but you are blameless before God, and that's what counts. That's the most important thing. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Oh my goodness. 
So the things that we say, do we mean them? Do I mean when, I, when, I'm, when I'm standing before the Lord, when we pray before the Lord, do I mean what I am telling God? Or I'm just telling God something just to, to get away from it. What, what is the meaning of your prayer? Do you really want to live a life that glorifies God? Are you playing with God? God knows you. He knows where you live. He knows where you work. He knows what car you're driving. He knew you before you was born. What about that? Hey, listen. He formed you in the womb of your mom. He know you. You are not a stranger. <laughs> he knows us. Let's be honest before the Lord, church. Let's keep the real thing real. Don't play. Don't waste your time. Church, for the days to come, I want to encourage you to look up. Look to the skies when you are discouraged. And trust God who created everything. Realize that nothing is impossible for God. Look, look what God did. Look at us. What is impossible for God? All things are possible for those who believe. Maybe you are sick, sad, depressed. I, I got you. I understand you. Maybe you are weak. That sometimes, some days, you cannot get out of bed. It's hard for you to get out of that bed. It's not that you don't want to, but something is kind of holding you down to that mattress. I want to encourage you. First, pray. Call upon the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, can you give me the strength? Can you give me the strength to wake up? Because in that moment, in that depression, in that sadness, grieving, you don't want to wake up and open up your curtains. Ask the Lord, Lord, give me the strength to get to my curtain. If the Lord gives you the strength, get up and open the curtains. Open it and let the light of the day come in. Let the sun come in. Let the brilliance of the sun. I hope that you live on a window or your bedroom is on a window that you can see outside or at least open that curtain and let the sun come in. And let the sun come in. Let Jesus come in. Let the strong man come in and help us. In our distress. And maybe if you, if you still cannot get up, call someone to help you. You know, that's why we have a church community. Hey, come help me open my curtain. 
Say, what? Yes, I need your help. Come help me to open my curtain. I cannot get up. Spread the curtain and look outside. Look up. Look up. And you, you can say something like this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Lord, help me to rejoice. Lord, help me experience the joy as the sun goes out with joy. Help me to experience that joy. I also want to remind you to look down. Look to the scriptures and follow the instruction of the Lord. Don't lose focus. Do what God tells us through the scripture. It will go well with us. Follow that manual. You would experience the joy of the Lord. Other than that, share the word of God. Encourage other people. Encourage unbelievers, point them to Jesus, make them aware of God's creation and God's handiwork and trust that the Lord will take away their veil so they can see his glory and worship him. I was blind. You was blind before you became a believer. We all were blind and now we see Amazing grace. Finally, look in. Look into yourself. What is taking the place of God in my life? What are the golds? What are the, the honeys in this life that are setting me apart of having that relationship with God? Is there any sin into my life? Ask God, Lord, examine me. Psalm 139 says, examine me, Lord, and see what lives in me. Look for sin, idol. And can I say one more thing? One more thing. Can we stop complaining of the things that we don't have, that we want? We complain too much. I don't have this. I don't have a new car. I don't have the car of the year. I don't have the phone that I need. I don't have the big house that I want. I mean, you have a house, you're not homeless. How many of us in here are homeless? I mean, you don't have a 2022 car, but you have a car. You can move around. Church, stop complaining. And accept where God is having you right now with the thing that he has given you right now. Enjoy that. So look into yourself. 
Allow God to continue work in our life through His Holy Spirit to bring transformation to us to become like Christ. Who died for our sins. Who shed His blood and paid for us. He paid it all. In the year 2017, I will finish with this story. I was raising support for my family and I to go to Cuba to be pastor's missionary in Havana. March 21, my daughter's birthday, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I took it as an answer of prayer that the Lord closes the door for me and my family to go to Cuba. I decided in my heart, I'm not going to ask God why. I'm not going to complain. And I said, Lord, the, the Bible verse who came to my mind was 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances. Because that's the will of God for you, Ed. And I did it. It was a time for me to, to look up. A time for me to look in. And a time for me to look, to, to look into myself. Lord, what do you want of me? Where do you want me to be? And God was dealing with me on some stuff. And one of the things, Darren, that God was dealing with me that I had without knowing was the fear of death. Even though I know if I die where I'm going. But I was afraid. For a couple of reasons. I wanted to see my daughter finish her school. You know, I wanted to know with, with the guy he's gonna, she's going to marry you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to achieve a couple of things. And I was afraid that in that condition with cancer, that this is the end of my life. It was a Saturday morning. I was in the hospital because after, after treatment, I, 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 I was back and forth, back and forth. And the treatment was five days a week 24 hours under chemotherapy. Man, I was sleeping and watched that thing. When is this bag going to be empty? I can't wait. Lord, help me. Give me strength in this. But I needed to make one confession to the Lord. As I look in myself, I needed to confess to the Lord that I'm afraid of dying. And the Lord asked me, why are you afraid? And I said, okay, Lord, whatever. Forgive me of that sin. I gave it to him. And I was free. I, I'm telling you, I was free like a bird. And that was the last day I went back to the hospital after my cancer treatment. Man, I, 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 I walked out of the, the hospital room, you know, leaping and jumping. Like, like with, with a strength never experienced before. Only by confessing what was going on in my heart. 
I received the forgiveness of the Lord. And since then, I said, Lord, do with me whatever you please. If you want to take me home, here I am. Take me home. I'm ready. And since then, church, I'm ready for every, for everything, to face everything that comes into my life. I decided not to fight anymore. I decided not to argue in my marriage anymore. To love my wife, love my daughter. Not, not that I was not loving them, you know. I was, I was, you know, I was a little bit different than now. But that cancer meant something to me. It brought transformation. And the Lord needed to, you know, shape my life. And I am ready, church. I don't have time to do other stuff that's not good for me. That's not godly. I don't have the strength to fight with people in ministry. I decided I'm going to love people in ministry. I'm not going to argue. I decided that the last, I don't know how long I have. I'm 55. Maybe I have 15 more, 10 more. I don't know. I wish I should know. I could know. But the, the, the remaining of my life, I wanted to serve the Lord. I don't want anything. I wanted to serve the Lord till Jesus come. And I hope that you too, that we will make Make it together in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. You are a great God. You are a good God. You are a good father to us. And thank you for showing us grace. That the amazing grace, Lord, that we are saved by grace. That brings joy to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to continue to focus, continue to follow you every day of our, of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.